Hey, everyone, and welcome to the All It Takes a Goal podcast, the best place in the entire world, including all of Canada, to learn how to build new thoughts, new actions, and new results. I'm your host, John Acuff, and today I'm joined by Eric Thomas, or as you might know him, E.T., the hip-hop preacher. Who's that? I'm so glad you asked. Eric Thomas is a PhD, a critically acclaimed author, a world-renowned speaker, an educator, pastor, and audible.com Audio Awards finalist. E.T., as he's known, has taken the world by storm with his creative common-sense approach to living a successful, satisfying, professional, and personal life. Through a significant social media presence and regular domestic and international tours, E.T., the hip-hop preacher, has become a global phenomenon. And we actually did two recordings. We had so much fun in the first session that we ran out of time, and we did a follow-up recording. And I love Eric. Um, I first saw one of his videos maybe about five or six years ago. I think a friend sent it to me, and it made me want to run through a wall. Um, It was called How Bad Do You Want It? Millions and millions and millions of people have seen it. He travels around the world. He's always in, like, NBA locker rooms. Um, He's always talking to NFL teams. Like he's the kind of dude that when you listen to what he says, you're like, I can do it. I can, I can do anything. Like, let's go. Like this guy, if you think I'm positive and upbeat, you're going to be blown away um, by ET. It's the best conversation. The story he tells about the birthday party that he said no to is insane. It's such a crazy story. It's going to really encourage you. So I think you're going to love this episode. But first, a quick message from the sponsor of today's episode. When my book soundtracks came out, one reaction really surprised me. Parents across the country started asking me, do you have a version for teenagers? They say, you know, John, if I could have changed my mindset at that age, my entire life would have been different. Why did they say that? Because when it comes to the life you want, mindset is everything. When you're young, your entire world is made of new. You're a movie that's barely started, a notebook with blank pages in it, a song that hasn't hit the chorus yet. You have your whole life ahead of you. The crazy thing is, your future life is directly impacted by your mindset. Positive or negative, your thoughts matter. They can work for you or against you. In fact, a single repetitive thought believed when you're a teen can change the course of your entire life. The good news is you get a choice when it comes to those internal soundtracks. That's why I wrote my newest book, Your New Playlist, with my two teenage daughters. It's written for teenagers by teenagers to help them create new thoughts that will turn into new actions and lead to new results. Help your team design a playlist and tap into the superpower mindset by pre-ordering a copy of Your New Playlist wherever you like to buy books or you can even read the first two chapters for free at acuff.me slash playlist. All right, let's jump into my interview with Eric Thomas. All right, uh, E.T., E.T., so glad you joined me today. Really excited about this. I, I don't want to waste any time. I want to jump right in. It would have been easy for you to feel like a victim. Absolutely. Um, you didn't know your father growing up. Yeah. You found out the person you were told was your father wasn't yeah. your father after yeah. getting teased by neighborhood kids. Yeah. You find the birth certificate. Yeah. You're homeless at 16. Yeah. If there is a recipe, if somebody was making a meal called be a victim, you had all the ingredients. All of them. Every last one of them. <laughs> but you're not. How did you break out of that mindset? You know, I'm going to be honest with you. Um, so, so that my audience can feel they relate. You know, I was probably the guru of victim. I had the T-shirt, the coffee mug, you know, uh, I, I, you know, I actually 
was given a lifetime membership. I, I turned it in, you know, yeah. uh, you know, but I got to a place in my life where I began to one, have a why, you know, I began to, you know, like, yo, E, bro, you, you live in America. You know what I'm saying? Like you see one group of people living this way and you live in this way. It's like, come on, bro. Like it's not working for you. You know, the victim thing is not working for you. Like it's not, it's not attractive. It doesn't look good on you. You're not attracting the winners, you know, mm -hmm. bruh, you got to stop. Like what's your, why, why are you on this earth? How much time do you have? What do you want to accomplish? What do you want to see? What do you want to do? And I knew, and you know what, man, this is so funny. I think there are times that we hold on to things and we cherish things because there are things, even though they're not working for us, mm -hmm. it, but it's like, okay, I know it's not working, but it's my thinking. It's my behavior. It's my, it's my, it's my, you know, and I was like, E, you, you wouldn't take this from somebody else. Like, like if you, somebody else was doing that to you, you'd yeah, hate you that wouldn't person. take that. Like you wouldn't let somebody yeah. else treat you this way, give you these results. You wouldn't do that. So why are you, why is it okay that you're doing it to you? Like, it's not okay. Mm -hmm. you, it, it, it's not. And so I just woke up one day and was like, man, this isn't it. Homeless. This isn't it. Um, you know, going to church, not smelling good because I, I don't have access to a shower. I'm not brushing my teeth. I'm getting teased. I don't have no money in my pocket. I'm hungry. I just got to a point where it's like, this ain't it, bro. Um, mm -hmm. And so what's the alternative? I don't know, but I know this ain't it. And I think, I think, you know, one of the things that we have to realize is a lot of times we go, well, I don't know. So I don't know. And it's like, that's not good enough. It's like, no, I don't know what's on the other side of this, but I know I don't like this. And can that just be enough? Like, yeah. can it be a, like, I don't know what I want to do for the next 10 years. I don't know what I want to do for the next 20 years. Okay, but you do know you don't like your life as it is. That, yeah, that, today's not working. Today's, today's not, not working. working for you. So it's like, yeah. let's let's stop doing today and yeah. let's do something different. So for me, I think that's what it was. I, I got to a point where I was losing. I was losing. And I was tired of losing. And I wanted to do something to become a winner. Well, and I think that's such a great way to get around the perfectionism of I have to know the next 10 years. Yeah. I have to know the final chapter yeah. of the book before I write yeah. the first page. Yeah. No, you don't. The no, book's going to reveal itself. Absolutely. You, you, like nobody, I always tell you talk to 18 year olds all the time. And I always tell 18 year olds, a 45 year old who told you they know what they were going to do when they were 18 is lying. Right. They didn't, they didn't know. Yeah. You don't have to have that figured out. Yeah. Like, but you can take steps today. Yeah. And it, it reminds me of your time working in the GED program with Oakwood. Yeah. Like, that feels like in Huntsville, real yeah. full circle moment yeah. where you're playing hip hop music, you're reading yeah. classical yeah. motivational yeah. books, you're getting them to walk around when yeah. they feel stressed about a yeah. test. And now you're talking to NFL players, NBA players, college football players. Everybody wants to fight Goliath. Nobody wants to wrestle yeah. the bear. Yeah. But you're in Huntsville fighting yeah. bears. Yeah. Nobody sees you. Yeah. There's no attention. There's no Instagram. There's no 2 million yeah. followers. What do you say to somebody to encourage them like, hey, you got to do a lot of unseen work work in small areas as you build towards something that might be bigger. Yo, miracle territory, you know, happens to people who are in the territory. 
<laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like yeah. people yeah. try to make miracle territory something deep. It's like, no, miracle territory just means that you have to be present. You got to show up. That's it. It doesn't say you got to show up big. It doesn't say you got to show up impressive. It just says you got to show up, you know? And when I think about David, like, yo, David just showed up as a shepherd and didn't know that each shepherd credit. You know, I used to take my kids to Chuck E. Cheese and every time they play the game that, you know, you, you get so many tickets from playing the I game, know. you know, and it wasn't one game that got him the teddy bear. It might not even been two games that got him the teddy bears, but an hour of playing these video games, they walking away with a teddy bear as a five-year-old, as a four-year-old. Why? They showed up to Chuck E. Cheese. Some kind of way when you play Chuck E. Cheese games, you get Chuck E. Cheese tokens. Some kind of way you could cash these tokens in and you can buy a toy from Chuck E. Cheese. It's the same thing in life. When you show up in life, it doesn't matter how big you show up. You just show up in life. You play the game, right? It doesn't matter. Now, John, I hate to go here. I don't want to promote gambling. Uh, but it was something I did as a teenager to make money. And one of the things that hit me early in life as a gambler is it doesn't matter what hand you're dealt. I've had guys, I'm looking in their face, I'm looking in their eyes and I see a royal flush and I back out. <laughs> I'm like, all right, whatever we put on the table, the five, ten dollars, yeah. that belongs to you. That's yours. Yeah. You, you did not, you did not have a poker face. You were not yeah. You were not able to get me to put more of my money in there. Yeah. And then I played with guys who had the worst hand in the world, and I thought they – but they played it like a royal flush, and I thought they had – and I ended up going – and they like, I, I ain't had nothing. But they yeah. played it like yeah. it was – and so I'm saying whatever hand you're dealt in life, show up. Play the hand. Play it. Play the – I won Uno before with no draw fours. I had nothing, for, <laughs> so good. nothing but number cards. You know what I'm saying? No draw two, no reverse, no skip you. But I won the game because I didn't go. I don't have a draw four. I can't believe this. I don't have a draw. I can't believe it. I just was like, E, you at the table. Play the game. Yeah. Yeah. Play it with yeah. the hand you have, and you'll be shocked. More often than not, you'll wake up just tending to the sheep, You'll wake up one day and your dad tells you to take lunch to his brothers and you're yeah. just being obedient to the, to the lunch boy. You're not looking for Goliath. You're just being yeah. faithful over few. And then boom, you get to Goliath and it's like, oh, oh, I can take this guy. Why? Because the same thing it takes to take Goliath down is the same thing it takes to take a bear down, to take a lion down. Like it's no, it, the GE, oh man, you're doing the NFL, you're doing the NBA no, the NFL and NBA guys, believe it or not, they might be 6'10", 6'8", but they're still 19 years old. Yeah. They're, yeah. Still they're still 20. human. They're human. <laughs> the kid at the GD program was 18 years old. He was 19 years old. Yeah. He wasn't in the yeah. league, but he had the same challenges, self-esteem, yeah. comparing himself, being lazy, not going all it. He's got the same. So the NFL is the GED. It's just a different – they got a check at the NBA. The GED didn't have a check. But the work, yeah. John, it's the same work. Yeah, it's the same work. Yeah, and that's what you're entitled to is doing yeah. is doing the work. That's I, I, I like I that. Love, that's what you're entitled to. I like yeah, that. Yeah, it's doing the work. I it's, like that. And, and you know they have just as many challenges because yeah. they've got 
30 people around them. Yeah. They've got more money. Yeah. They, they, you know, there's yeah. so many temptations. They don't know that at 27, they have to make that money last for the next 50 years. Absolutely. Like, and that, yeah. you know, and that money that feels big is smaller than it really is. Small. I think, I think one of the things I loved in your book, um, UOU, was when you talk about Pastor Willis at Detroit Center. Yeah. And there's a line, I think it's my favorite line in the whole book. And there's a lot of great lines. You said, he was always speaking like it was an emergency. Mm-hmm. And when I hear you talk on Instagram, when yeah. I hear you talk in speeches, yeah. like it makes you want to run through a wall because yeah. you're speaking like yeah. it's an emergency. Yeah. Eric, what are the emergencies you're trying to speak into right now? You know, it's funny you'd ask. I was... um. Man, I was at a school on the east side of Detroit, um, a very impoverished neighborhood just yesterday. I drove an hour and 45 to get there. And uh, I asked a group of kids, how many of you take school serious? And how many of y'all don't want to be here? 98% raise their hand. Mm -hmm. Another question. How many of you took the SAT or the ACT serious? 10% 10% answered, they serious. 10% answered, they weren't serious. And I was like, wow, another 75% of you just stood there and you didn't even raise your hand, yay or nay. And I was like, that's the problem. Like, you're in life, but you're not doing life. You know, and I was like, yo, what's the problem? It's like, uh, we don't care. And I was like, we got a challenge here. They said, what's the challenge? I said, you don't care and I do, and we're both in the same room together. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I just drove an hour and 45 yeah. and, and you don't care, but I care, and, but you don't care, but I'm here to help you care. And so that's the emergency. So one kid said to me, I was like, okay, look, it is what it is. How old are you? 16. I was like, okay. what? Why don't you care? He's like, bro, I'm only 16 years old. Like video games, fun with my mm-hmm. friends, like care for what? And I said, well, when do you think you should care? He said at 25, I said, you're already dead or in jail by that time. Yeah. So so I, I understand what you're saying. Like, I just want to be a kid. I said, so does the 12 year old in Iraq that's got a gun protecting his family because so yeah. does he, he want to be a kid, too. He yeah. want to grow up at 25, yeah. too. But unfortunately, he's in an environment where, like, you, you don't have that luxury. You, what are yeah. you entitled to protect your family? What are you entitled to? The doggone work in Afghanistan. Yeah. Like, that's what you. And so the urgency is. Yo, this kid doesn't even know he's on his way to prison. He's on his way to, yeah. to, to death. He doesn't know. So, so you know, I, I laugh because people are like, oh, you, I watch your podcast. You loud. You pat. No, 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 no. Maybe in your community, th- th- you don't have to yeah. do that. But in my yeah. community, this mm-hmm. kid going to jail. <laughs> like, this yeah. kid's about to die. Like, most of them don't make it to 21. And he talking yeah. about not growing up to 25. So, so it's this sense of urgency that... I made it out of my circumstance and I want to be the modern day Pastor Willis and say to these young people, you don't have another 10 years to get your act together. You don't have another 10. So that's the urgency is that I do life. Like I don't sell insurance. I sell life. Like I don't sell uh, popcorn machines. I don't sell cotton candy machine. I don't sell snow cones. Like I sell life. I sell life. And that's why it's a sense of urgency. And there's a sense that there's a lot of cliffs around those kids that they don't see coming. And you've seen those cliffs and you're saying, Hey, that 10 year window has a cliff on year one. Yeah. And there's, and that's where you're headed. Yeah. I love it. Well, well, you can, you can feel that it's so, it's super powerful to hear you talk about it. 
I'm curious about the kids that catch it, the young adults that catch it, the adults that catch it and have that sense of, okay, I want to do something more with this. Do you think that people are born with the dog or can you learn it? Or is it both? Like did Kobe, did Michael Jordan, did Serena Williams, like did they come out of the womb and they're like, let's go? Or is that something that you can learn and and hone over time? Yeah, yeah. I I, I don't think it's either or. I think it's both and. But when you talk about the people you mentioned, let's just be real. Mike didn't make the team. Yeah. You know, Mike didn't make the team. So he did have that dog. Uh, Kobe was not in America. (laughs) And so when Kobe came back home, they looking at Kobe like, bro, who are you? Where you come from? Like, you can't play on this level. You're from overseas, you know, Uh, Venus and Serena, you know, because of the color of their skin, you know, they're trying to break through a, a culture in tennis you know, and based on the documentary or the movie, you know, there was some racism, you know. Mm-hmm. So for them, I think it was that environment almost blessed them to say, here is that dog. Like, you know, mm-hmm. we present yeah. to you that dog. What do you want to yeah. do? Me being homeless in a high school dropout, the, the world presented to me, yo, if you're going to survive, we give you this dog. Now, you yeah. don't have to take it if you don't want to take it. But. Yeah. My everything about my environment said, if you're gonna make it, it's not gonna be on skill, it's gonna be on will if you make it. And so yeah. you have to decide: do you want to embrace um this methodology of success? Because there are some people, mm-hmm. you know, I tell kids in the NBA, like, bro, don't sit here and be cocky. You're 16. That's not something that you that's not you, know you didn't you didn't work for that. Yeah. You didn't I would have given myself that gift too, ET. If, if that was an option. Right. If you had yeah. an option, would have and so I, I say to them, yo, that's a gift. All of us don't have natural gifts that fit into the culture. Now we all have mm-hmm. gifts, but every gift doesn't necessarily naturally fit into capitalism. Like if you're a basketball player, that fits. If you're a salesman, that you mm-hmm. fit right into the the the, the capitalistic culture. But mm-hmm. if you're a preacher, perhaps like maybe that doesn't necessarily just transfer. Yeah. Like you got to or a poet. If you're a poet, right, you poet, love writing poetry. Yeah, violinist. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Just don't necessarily. Bad. And so I believe that some of us are blessed to go through certain trials and tribulations that. The dog comes with it. You just got to assemble it. You know what I'm saying? But that, you know, I look at my children and for the most part, you know, they were raised. We we were probably, you know, well off by the time they were nine, 10, you know. Mm -hmm. So I don't know that the dog comes with wealth. You know what I'm saying? It's not necessarily, you got your own room. You you know, you go into school. You went to Michigan State. My son worked for Coach Izzo. My daughter got her master's. Like, I don't know if the dog, both your parents are degree. You, you like, I don't know if the dog comes with that as as easily. You got to work a little harder to get that. But I do believe that in some cultures and in some situations, you come into this world and your mom got cancer. I don't care what culture you come from. You come in this world, 10 years old, your mom diagnosed with cancer. That's different. Like, mom's struggling. You got to help her get around. You got to go grocery shop. The dog, you like that. Welcome to the dog. But sometimes, yeah. you know, kids may come from environments where the dog is there, but it's not as easily accessible because you don't necessarily need to have it to survive. Yeah. And and one of the things you just mentioned that I, that I thought was interesting in the book was the violin. Yeah. 
So you growing up as a kid love yeah. the violin, but yeah. your community around you said, yeah. that's not an instrument for you. Yeah. You shouldn't play the violin. Yeah. And you talk about how you dropped the violin. I'm curious now, what are the violins in your life that you still, you pursue now as an adult, regardless of the community where you say, okay, like, cause, cause there's a lot of people at your level that would go driving an hour 45. You shouldn't be driving an hour 45 to see these kids. Like, but what are the violins in your current life that you go, you know what? I put all my heart in there regardless of what a community says, because I know that's what I'm about. Yeah, I live in a 2,300 square foot home, you know, in Michigan. I'm a multimillionaire. Yeah. You yeah. know, everybody's like, E, you should be living at least in the area where Coach Izzo live. Yeah. <laughs> like, you know, yeah. you know where or in LA. You should be in L.A. Why right. aren't you in oh, L.A.? No. I, oh, absolutely. Bro, when people see me here in, in, in East Lansing, Michigan, or Lansing, Michigan, I live in a town called Grand Ledge. Most people won't know what that is. I say East Lansing just because people know, probably not, but some people would know Michigan yeah. State. And uh, it's like, yo, E, you not? Nope. I got one car. You know what I'm saying? Like, I drive one yeah. vehicle. I have three yeah. vehicles in the parking yeah. lot, you know, and I and I drive them from Detroit. So I drive a Cadillac. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I'm, from, yeah. I'm from Detroit, you know. Um, I, I don't have a Rolex or I don't wear gold chains, you know. Mm -hmm. I don't. It, it's just a lot of stuff. I don't do. Um, a kid called me the other day, uh, E, I uh, wanted you to come speak at my birthday party. I was like, bro, I don't do birthday parties. He was like, no, 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 no. We're going to pay you $100,000. I was like, yo, I don't do birthday parties. Like, what part of that don't you get? No, 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 no. <laughs> We're going to have this Hall of Famer there, this celebrity there. You'll get a chance to network. I was like, network with who? For what? I'm in schools. I, I don't need yeah. a hookup to go to a school on the east side of Detroit. Like, I just <laughs> yeah, call. Yeah. I just that door call. is open. Right. That door is open. I just call and they say, hey, what time can you get here? How many kids do you want in the auditorium? You know, and so a lot of the awards banquets, the galas, it's like, yo, he don't do that. The happy mm -hmm. hours. And I told the guy, bro, I don't think I'm better than nobody else. I'm focused. Like, I yeah. know what my calling is. I know what yeah. I'm here to do. I know why I was put on this earth. It wasn't to attend your birthday party. And, you know what I'm saying? And believe it or not, you would be disappointed because it's more difficult for me, for me to speak with passion at your birthday party than it is in a prison. Like, yeah, I, what are you going to do? Like, I'm so excited y'all are eating cake. I want all y'all to eat all that cake. Like, go, what are you going to Go hard. You know, go hard. Go hard on presents. You Open better presents. Go, you know, so again, it wasn't a thing of I'm disrespecting you. Yeah. I'm honoring my anointing. Yeah. My anointing is not for a birthday party. It doesn't mean I won't ever go to a birthday party, but I just don't see, like, especially a grown adult, I just don't see why, yeah. you know, and so, nope, I can't do it. And so it, it is, it is a lot of, you've made it to this level, you know, why are they calling you ET? Why are they not calling you Dr. Thomas? You earned that degree. It was like yeah. I did, but I didn't earn it for my ego. I actually earned it so I could do more for my community. So, so those yeah. are some of the, you know, some of the things that my wife kind of talks sometimes about, you know, man, I don't want to go here and do that because I don't have this and I didn't do that. And I'm like, you know, we've been together since we you was 15. Like, I'm yeah. not interested in you changing your natural body structure to, yeah. you know, I know we go into these events and we see, but we don't have to be where everybody yeah. like we can be our authentic selves and still be happy. And, and we don't have to allow the pressures of. When you get to this level, e when you get in a jet or 
Why are you still in the airport? I, I like taking pictures with the people who follow me. I like sitting yeah. on the plane with the people. I, yeah. I enjoy being at the airport. Like I don't have to yeah. fly private. Like I don't have a problem with people seeing me and saying, you bless me. You changed my life. I actually yeah. like to meet the people who, yeah. oh no, I don't, I'm not staying in a uh, sky club the whole time, hiding from people. Yeah. We walking yeah. up and down. And so those are just a few of the things that I really enjoy people and being a blessing to people. And it's not about the money for me. And I didn't do it for the fame or the glory. I just happened to be faithful over few and I was made rule over many. Yeah. So did you always have a, uh, like, were you always able to not struggle with a fear of man or what other people no. thought of you? Or is that something you learned over time? About four years ago. <laughs> four years ago. Yeah, yeah, no, I was a pleaser of people. Wow. Okay. I'm a relationship person. I yeah. built everything on people. You know, but then God said it's not healthy. Like at this point, your respect for people is not healthy. You know, it, it's, 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 it's gotten to a point where it's, it, it's not in line with what I'm teaching you. You don't need to be a people pleaser. You don't need to be a, so when you study people like Paul, Paul, like, like there's this balance. I love you, whatever, but this is what I believe in. And mm -hmm. so, no, I don't think about, well, what do people think if I don't come to the party? I don't care what you think. I'm not being mean or cruel. I'm being focused. And if you have a problem with me doing what I was called to do, then you have the problem. I don't have a problem. And if we yeah. want to meet, when I'm in the city, we can meet. I just don't do birthday parties. But I, before, yeah. I would tell you I can't make it, but I would hear and haul back and forth yeah. you know, and try to explain why now I really know no is a complete sentence. Like, it doesn't, it, you don't have to add anything to it. No. Period. And if you love me, man, you respect the no. If you don't love me, you're showing me that you were selfish and self-centered and it was about you in the first place. And I don't need to be in that environment anyway. Yeah. If they try to shame you into a yes, it's yeah. not your environment. Yeah. They just confirmed your no. Yeah, they absolutely. Just, they just laser focus <laughs> yeah, confirmed laser your no. That that was, yeah. Yeah. Thank, yes. thank you for saying that. E, I'm curious. I, I want to kind of switch it up a little bit. Would this be possible without the steady, loving relationship that you have with your wife? Like the, the life you have? The, oh, absolutely uh, not. Yeah, because as I mentioned, you know, Didi is like, yo, let's get our time in. So we're, we're, get, we're going to bed 11 o'clock, 1130, but then I'm still getting up at three, you know? Yep. And when I get up at three, you know, that first hour, you know, God, um, second hour, you know, all my buddies, you know, who are believers, you know, um, getting some exercise in between both, uh, you know, at eight o'clock, looking at what my day, you know, if I got a podcast, if I got a school to go to, if I have some one on ones, if I'm about to get on a plane and travel, you know, but the day is really consumed of how can I help people figure out their reality? How can I get people out of their head, out of fear, out of doubt, you know, out of procrastination, out of people pleasing? You know, so we 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 hitting it heavy till about five, six o'clock. And then that's when I try to, you know, Didi's normally with me, but that's when I try to like lock it all down, family time, you know, uh, let's get it in, you know. And so yes, no, Didi has been an anchor, right? Mm -hmm. Didi has been an anchor. Didi has always been a better decision maker. Didi is not uh as emotional as I am. I my my IQ is low. My EQ is out the roof. I would have gone to Harvard, Princeton, or Yale for an EQ degree, you know. Yeah. Uh, but Didi has always been, you know, a thinker, someone who's very 
orderly, orderly, structured, analytical, critical thinker, thinks things through, doesn't really get in their feelings. And so when I look at our assessment, you know, I do something called the flight assessment uh, where we really take a look at who people are in their gift, who they are when they adapt, you know, helping them figure out their superpower. And when you put DD's assessment and my assessment together, it's a perfect match. All the things that I don't have, she has and vice versa. So I've always been the feelings dude, the wear my heart on my sleeve, the crying, emotional. I love you. I connect with you. I want to help you. Diddy's always been the stabilizer, the uh, results getter. You know, the um, I'm if it could be done in a minute, I'm doing it in 48 seconds. If it could be done in five <laughs> minutes, I'm getting it done in four uh, four minutes and 45 seconds. So no, without Diddy, um, I, I don't. And God knew what He was doing when He gave me this help me. But without Diddy, I wouldn't have the passion and the drive, and I wouldn't have the focus. Diddy's like a Phil Jackson. I'm like a Michael Jordan. It's like yeah. Diddy puts the systems together and I go out there and execute on them. I, I love it. I bet she can tell you the truth like nobody else. Uh, that she like I don't like I don't want to hear it. <laughs> yeah, no. My wife, my wife told me like four years ago when I got a new book deal, she said, You're a jerk for the two years when you write a book, mm. and you're a jerk for the two years when you sell it. Yeah. And that ain't it. She said, I'd rather you be a happy plumber mm. than a miserable writer. So mm. we need to figure out something else. Mm, that's good. And I, like, yeah. I did not want to hit that. Gut was check. Gut check. Yeah. Exactly. Jenny, Jenny tells me the truth. So, okay, speaking of emotions and your feelings, one of the things you say is that when someone like feelings are, are valid, but they're not evidence. Yeah. Can you unpack that a little bit? You know, feelings aren't scientific, but you think they are, you know, you, you, you imagine somebody, you know, being highly emotional uh, and they're like jumping off a 18 story building. Cause they emotional, like something got into them, like divorce. Somebody was cheating on me, whatever. And you like so emotional. Well, if you jump off the rooftop, it doesn't negate, the the uh, the law of gravity <laughs> like don't nothing change because you emotional like you're gonna die right not yeah. there's a 99.9 percent .9 chance you jump off a building like that you're going to die feelings aren't scientific you can't put them in the lab and trace them they, they have no patterns right mm -hmm. so thus they're great if it's in a relationship and you hugging and kissing mm -hmm. but when you start making real life decisions and you're making them based on your emotions you're probably not going to end up in a very good space or place because it's not substantial. It, it does, it's not, uh, it's not scientific. And you, I, you could have never got me to think I was going to use those type of terms. You know what I'm saying? Cause I'm not really <laughs> a science guy like that, yeah. but the numbers don't lie. And so Didi doesn't make, Oh, I like this car cause it's fast. And because it's red and people are going to think I'm successful when I buy it. Diddy's like, how much is the interest? How much yeah. is the car worth? When we take it off the lot, how much would it be worth? Um, how how fast does it go? What's the engine like? Like, what is what are people saying about the longevity of the vehicle? Does the radiator mess up? The, do we have there's a suspension? What you know, so she's looking at the vehicle all our lives from functionality. I'm looking at it like it's red, it go fast. People gonna think I'm cool if I buy it. Diddy's looking at what's your credit score? What are we going to get a loan? At what rate? How long is it going to take yeah. to pay it off? You know, so she just approached things from a very logical place. I was super emotional. So that's why it took 12 years to get a 40 degree. Um, 
so many other things. It took 12 years to write a book because I would start high and then life would hit and I wouldn't do it. But once I learned Didi's style, I was like, E, you don't have to feel good to write. Now, the days you feel good, you may it may come off better, but you don't have to feel good to write. You have to have a schedule. And if you stick yep. to your schedule. So here's what I tell people. You hit a tree a thousand times in a thousand different places. What happens? Absolutely nothing. You hit a tree a thousand times in the same spot. What happens? She's probably coming down. Yeah. 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 That's. That's great. And that's how I approach books. It takes me 500 to 700 hours to write a book. Mm. And so I just know it's two or three hours a day and I'm, I'm chopping wood. I'm yeah. chopping wood. And eventually yeah. at the end of that process, I get a book. Yeah. If I don't go through the process, yeah. I don't get a book. Yeah. That's just math. That's yeah. not feeling. That's so I, I absolutely love that. All right, ET, we had to do a second part. We did the yeah. first part the other day. There was still some meat on the bone, as they say. So I'm excited. It. I'm excited that you're back. So I want to. I want to jump right in again to the second part. I love it though. Meat on the bone. Like I, you be saying stuff. I'm like, yo, I, I, you're gonna hear this, some of the stuff that you said to me. You're gonna hear it again. Oh, let's go, dude. Let's go. It, you know, I'm just stewarding. These ain't yeah. my ideas. I'm just stewarding. The best ideas are received, not forced. Okay. So, well, you're doing a good job of managing this stuff. The the uh, the 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 phrases that you hear and regurgitate them so yeah, oh, i appreciate good. that i appreciate yeah. that so i want to take you back you're driving from huntsville to east lansing uh yeah. dd doesn't talk to you for nearly 700 miles your wife is yeah. real quiet because yeah. she's kind of stuck on are we doing the right thing is it the wrong yeah. thing is this the right moment you're living in a small hotel on michigan state's campus your clothes are in your car so if you want to change shoes you have to go across campus and it's tough. And then when you upgrade, you're living with college kids who are partying all weekend. It's this transition moment, this pivot moment. What keeps you going in, in that kind of next level? Like when you've realized, okay, it's time for me to get my education. It's time for me to level up. I've hit a ceiling in Huntsville. What keeps you going? Man, I know it's more. <laughs> yeah. I know it's more, you know, um, the pursuit, man. You know, the, the the pursuit, like so many people get caught up on and they just don't know any better. Like I hear my son all the time. Like, I can't wait. Till, I can't wait. Till, and I'm like, yo, you're going to be shocked when you won the Super Bowl that you might not be as excited the day after the Super Bowl as you were on the pursuit to the Super Bowl. Yeah. Like you yeah. just like it, it's anticlimactic. Right. And I was caught up in two things. One, the pursuit of. Yeah, I know this is real. Like, I know I can do this. Like, I know the vision that I see in my mind. I know it's I know it's possible to to become a reality. Like, I know it. You know, I, I, I wake up every day like, OK, E, go get it. It's out there. Go get it. You can make it happen. And then the other one is. They don't believe that you can do it. You know, like Didi don't like Didi's doubting it. Like Didi's quiet and upset because she like, yo, you got us on this wild goose chase. And I can't wait to get her to it. You feel me? Like, I can't wait yeah. for her to get to the yeah. life she's about to live from this move based on the life she lived from the last move. Like, if she thought us going to college and the little struggle we had there got us to, you know, like a nice little decent, you know, American dream. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, I'd like yeah. to say that, like, the American dream we had in Huntsville, Alabama, that was like, 
101. You know what I'm saying? That what yeah. American Dream 101. You know what I'm saying? Like uh the two kids, the the the, the 2.5 kid, we had one acre, like we had one yeah. full acre of land, the picket fence around it. You know, sure. it was like American Dream 101. You know what I'm saying? Enough money not to be broke, but enough money not to be rich, you know? So I was <laughs> like, yo, wait till you get wait till you get to uh the American Dream 410. <laughs> like it's about to be, you know, and so for me, it was always that, yo, Didi, you helped us to get to where we are. Wait till I help us get to where we are, you know. And so it was just waking up every day, one pursuing, and two, you know, I hate to say it, like I don't mean it to be negative, but yo, I'm about to prove y'all all wrong. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. We call that spite motivation. A little bit yeah. of spite motivation. Like yeah, it does. spite motivation. Yeah, exactly. yeah, I, I told you, yeah. you got the phrases. Like you got yeah. them. You know what I'm saying? Well, That's I'm it. gonna give you. I'm gonna give you one more. Something I wrote down yesterday is you need to fall in love with the action, fall in like with the achievement. Mm. So a lot of people get it backwards. They think the achievement's the thing they need to love. They get the achievement the first time I released the book. I drove home that day for my day job and looked around. I was like, no one on this highway seems that excited. Like the yeah. core of the earth didn't break. Yeah. But like <laughs> holding a book you wrote, and I see yours right there, that's an amazing moment. But that's an hour. That's maybe 10 hours. The yeah. all year it took me to write it, I better fall in love with the action yeah. and fall in yeah. like with the achievement. Because mm. if I if I write a book, it, I get one hour with it when I'm holding it in my hands new and I feel that achievement. Yeah. But I got to do 700 other hours where I'm yeah. on that hustle, I'm on that pursuit yeah, yeah, so i i love yeah. i love that approach let's keep this going some kind of way though i know we can only do one podcast for the book but some kind of way we got to have some yearly podcast or something oh yeah that's yeah yeah on. well yeah totally totally and when you're in nashville and i'm in when i'm in detroit or when i'm, I'm in east lansing the, you it's funny you mentioned the pursuit because I would say the pursuit is where you talk about the guru video starting to take off. Yeah. So a lot of people's first exposure to you is probably, the, is it Giovanni? Am I saying that right? Yeah, yeah, that's that's right. Giovanni, yeah. Not Giovanni. even mine. Yeah, not no. even mine, John. A you remix. know what I'm saying? Like, that wasn't even the one I did. That was the one that Giovanni did. Yeah, so you you record a video and it's it's just a normal class for you. It's before midterms. This wasn't some strategy. This wasn't you and CJ, your business partner got together and you had a steady cam and drones and right. it was well lit. I mean, you're in like, it looks like a lime green button down shirt, which you yeah. wouldn't rock yeah. today for yeah. a million dollars. I wouldn't. I wouldn't. I wouldn't. <laughs> and you give this speech, but you're doing it. And then it starts to grow from a really ordinary moment. How have there been other times when you've seen ordinary moments turn into extraordinary because you've created so many of them yeah no no question whatsoever um and most of my memorable moments weren't the ones that we planned for like i'm just gonna be honest with you i haven't done another secret to success video <laughs> you know yeah. what i'm saying like since that one came out and we you would repeat it if you could yeah yeah you know what i'm saying like we you know what I'm saying? It's like we knew that one went viral so we knew mm -hmm. what viral was yeah, like before that, we didn't know what viral was. It went viral. We know what viral is now, and we've taken all of what we know about viral into the studio, and we've never produced that type of viral ever again. <laughs> like that, we've never produced a video that has hit those numbers, period, right? Yeah. And so th those moments come when you are just pursuing organically. You're doing what you call to do. You're in your sweet spot. You're in your superpower. You know, and in the book, I talk about, you know, flightassessment.com where people can go. Because a lot of people like 
it's still weird that I run into adult people who go, I don't know what my purpose is. I don't know what my superpower is. I don't know. So I had the advantage, and at least I knew what it was. And I've got this saying, John, and your gift shall make room for you. I got it from somewhere. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And your gift. So here's what I tell people all the time. The reason why E.T. is so dope is because at least once or twice a day, I'm using my gift. Like, I'm speaking somewhere every single day. I don't care if it's a podcast. Like, I know for a fact that somebody in your audience is going to resonate with me. Somebody's going to buy the book. Like, something's going to happen as a result of our interaction with each other. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's crazy. Like, the two of us together are going to create something that could not have been created had the two of us not come together. But, you know, I'm like, it's something positive is going to happen in my life because I'm sitting here with you and we decided to do, hey, it's not traditional, but we got to do this in two parts. Like we we make, we said, hey, we got two miracle territory days. We're going to do 30 this day. We're going to do 30 yeah. this day. Yep. And that and that coming together on the Internet with our mics, with our lights, with our that itself is about to create something in the world that was not created before the two of us came together. Mm-hmm. And that's how I see it. And so people who are like, yo, I, you know, nothing's happening for me because nothing is happening with you. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. nothing is happening for you because nothing is happening with you. You're not doing anything. But you look at Eric Thomas, oh, he's got, you know, these advantages. And Eric is, you know, so many people know him. And he got a video that blew up. Listen to me very closely. That video blew up because I was doing what I love to do. I wasn't getting paid, John, for that. That was some extra stuff I did because I wanted to help students at Michigan State transition. And I knew coming to see me as an advisor wouldn't do it. But I thought maybe a two-hour program on Monday and a study session on Tuesday may tip the scale some. And so I just would like to say to everybody, your gift shall make room for you. Use your gift. And every time you use it, you're going to create something that didn't exist before. Well, one of the things we say around our house with our kids is if they're stuck, I tried nothing and none of it worked. Like if you tried nothing, none of it's going to work. None of it's going to work. So if you, if you say like, it's just not working for me, you go, what did you try? And if the answer is I tried nothing and none of it worked, then we need to, we need to go back and try. And we need to keep trying. You need to keep trying. And I think, I think the reps, you can tell the reps because nobody saw Oakwood. Like nobody, yeah. nobody knew yeah. that there was all these foundational moments and we'll link to the video, um, secret to success in, in the, in the show notes. But yeah, I think that's really interesting about you're using your gift. And what's curious to me is, I don't know if you've experienced this, but when the person listening ads, it creates something new altogether. Cause I'll have people yeah. come up after I give a speech and they'll go, Oh, that thing you said was for me. And I'll go, which thing? And then they'll tell me something I didn't say. And it's right. like, they remixed it with their yeah. own life or their own. Absolutely. Like, And so I think that's what's special. Do you know what real miracle territory is, though? Real miracle territory is, thank God, it's Monday, every Monday. And then eventually a video every day from the speeches I would do. Let me say why this is so important. Everybody keeps saying that video blew you up. No, that video gave you an awareness of Eric Thomas that you didn't have anymore. After you watch that video, you typed in Eric Thomas. If nothing else would have been up but that video, (laughs) you you would have been like, oh, Eric Thomas. Okay, great video. One hit wonder. But you went to season one of Thank God is Monday. You went to season two Mm -hmm. of Thank God is Monday. You went to like 11 seasons of Thank God is Monday. And then you went to my page and saw now he's giving out free stuff. Then you saw, man, he got mixtapes. 
oh wow, he got mixtapes. Then you went, oh, he got a book. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? So miracle territory is not this one moment. Miracle territory is really you getting up and doing what you're supposed to do every single day and putting yourself in a position to get what you're literally working for. And then let's just be honest. Once you start working for stuff and the momentum start growing, well, then you start getting stuff that you didn't work for, you know, that's yeah. just kind of out there yeah. because you're out there. Yeah. But nothing from nothing leaves nothing. You know what I'm saying? Yes. Like you said, nothing from nothing. I, I, I saw this, John. I saw, I, 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 I wish um, we, we could post it. Funniest video I've ever seen in my life. You know, and the guy was just talking about, you know, nothing from nothing leaves nothing. So he was just saying he spelled the word empty. You know, he spelled the word empty, which I think is E-M-P-T-Y. And so he said, let's take the E off and take the Y off, right? You still got M-T-Y, it's still empty. <laughs> you yeah. know what I'm saying? Yeah. He said, all right, well, let's take the T off, right? What is it? M-T. It's still empty. Yeah. It's still nothing, right? He said, okay, let's do this. Let's erase everything. What do we have? Empty. <laughs> you empty. know what I'm saying? It's it's nothing. So, you know, it's like nothing from nothing leaves nothing. And there are people at home wanting something from the couch. Nothing from the couch leaves nothing. Nothing from the chair leaves nothing. Nothing from complaining leaves nothing. Like nothing from nothing leaves nothing. And I think Miracle Territory is overrated because we try to make Miracle Territory some formula that we can't solve. You can solve you, you like you can solve for miracle territory and it's action. <laughs> you know yeah. what I'm saying? That that's the formula for miracle territory. Action times faith equals miracle territory. You put forth action, you believe something's gonna happen, and then whatever the two of them together are becomes a video that's over a hundred million hits. I never knew I was gonna get over a hundred million hits, but what I did know is if I show up to this place with these kids, I believe me showing up to these kids is going to put these kids in a much better position. And it not only did that happen, but it put me in a much better position because I was there to put them in a much better position. Dan, everybody, everybody got helped. And then people around the world that you didn't even know that in didn't countries you've never even been to got helped. And what's interesting yeah. about the viral thing, the double rainbow guy didn't have another video. Like you can go viral and disappear the next day. So yeah. doing one thing, one home run is yeah. not enough for yeah, a career. It's yeah. not. A, so like whenever somebody says that or when people tell me like, I don't have time to write my book. And, I, and then they'll tell me about the three fantasy football teams they're on and they're researching a backup kicker like who's out of Chicago and the wind can. I'm like, I got it. I got I'm going to blow your mind. Like I'm going to blow your mind right now, dude. Like E the average american watches the equivalent of two months of tv a year right now two months wow. if you only watch one month you're crushing and that's you're still crushing. one like the that's bar deep. right now is so yeah. and i i keep yeah. trying to tell people like you got yeah. like there's a that's bar good. let's go let's go yeah. so for yeah. for me i think about that in miracle territory we we talked about this off off camera for a minute but i uh Part of my career, I got to work with Dave Ramsey for three years, and that put me, I went from stages of 80 to 8,000 in about a month. And the only reason he found me was I was writing a blog every day, millions of words. And one of his employees said, hey, I think we should come have him talk to our team. Like, And I went up, didn't get paid, went up a second time, didn't get paid. Like, and it was just one of those, but I didn't wait for Dave to find me at my house. Like right. I was creating million, and I didn't make that guy in a cubicle like my blog and suggest, you know, like, and that was one of the biggest changes of my, I'll never be able to repay what that, what, what yeah. Dave Ramsey did for my yeah. career, but it was, and, you know, it's so crazy. I was, I was talking to a guy yesterday who lives in Nashville and he said he blew up speaking at Dave Ramsey. Like he was like, it was some, this particular one was some 
like weekly, I guess. That's what the, mine was, staff meeting. Yeah, yep, that's what he said, staff meeting, yeah. yep, yep, and he blew up from that. So, <laughs> wow, talk about miracle territory. And I, and I think it's important for people to know, John, I've moved away from miracle territory to now trying to create miracle territory for people. So I'm, I moved away from wanting a check to now stroking a check. I moved from wanting to be on stage to creating stages now. You know, yeah, I would. moved from watching TV to creating my own content to go on television. Yep. You, you, know, you know what I'm saying? So to your point, it's like, yo, we had these moments and these moments turn into something. And now we're turning those moments into something. Yeah, and it just continues. And then you get to create an yeah. environment where other people get to have yeah. that miracle. You're putting oh, on events. Yeah. You're inviting people to stages. Yeah. You're seeing yeah. young men like like yeah. people saw you and said, "Hey, yeah. we want to we want to put you on." Yeah. I I absolutely love that. One of the things that you said in the book that I thought was really interesting um, was that you started to change how you were talking to yourself as yeah. you started to grow. Your self talk started to change. What did it change from, and what did it change to? It changed from always seeing, you know, what couldn't happen or what can't happen, you know, what I don't have, you know, it changed to what I can have, what I can be, you know, it changed from, you know, you don't have this, you don't have that, you don't have that. It changed from he has that, she has that. It changed from comparing to, yo, what do you have? You know, what can you be? What, who are you? Like, compare you to you. And literally, this might sound crazy, but I started comparing the 1.4 version or the 4.0 version of Eric Thomas to the 10.0, the 14. Like, every year I wake up and go, okay, the iPhone 4, you could probably get $300 for it. The iPhone 13, you could probably get $1,500 for it. You know, the iPhone 4, you can only make phone calls and maybe text. The iPhone 14, it's a doggone computer. Yeah. You, you feel me? So I started waking up and going, yo, Eric, what could you be? Not what are yeah. you? What could yeah. you be? Like, if you were a better version of yourself, what would that look like? You know, what would that what would that feel like if you were a better version of yourself? And so I started waking up and really asking myself, like, yo, who are you? What are you? What are the opportunities you have? Now go get it and don't let anything stand in the way. Whereas before everything stood in the way, I probably made some stuff up to stand in the way. You, you feel me? Like just being honest, I probably made up some stuff to stand in the way. I created some stuff that didn't even exist and let it get in my way. Well, yeah, I mean, that was why I didn't start a podcast for so long. So many people said, hey, you've got to have a podcast. And I said, well, the technology is so complicated. I don't know how to. So I created all these fictional obstacles that really weren't there. And then when I finally did and it did well and I was like, oh, I wish I had done this 10 years earlier because. But, yeah, I think we manufacture sometimes obstacles because we think it'll protect us from the work, but it just increases the regret. Yeah. And we and we end up not building the things we want to build. Yeah. What? When, how do you balance, you know, being kind of telling yourself to do hard things, but also being kind to yourself? Like, what's that tension look like? Because yeah. you're not beating yourself up. You're not shaming yourself yeah. into performance, but you're also calling yourself to greater levels than you might have done a year ago or two years ago. Yep. I'm challenging myself to greater levels. I'm challenging myself 
to not doing what I knew I could do to get to that next level. And I'm congratulating myself when I get to that level. So I'm going to say it one more time. Yeah. Like, like I'm challenging myself. Hey, E, come on, bro. You could do more. Yeah. Don't, don't. How do you know you could do more? Because when you didn't think you could do more, you did more. Yeah. You feel me? Like when you didn't believe in yourself, you did more. Yeah. yeah. You feel me? Like when you didn't even believe in yourself, you was doing more. Yeah. You feel me? Like you was doing more when you didn't believe in yourself. Now that you believe in yourself, you should be able to do more than you think you could do. So yeah. congratulations when you challenge yourself and you do exactly what you knew you were capable of doing and beyond. But hold yourself accountable when you knew you did put forth effort, but you didn't do as much as you could have possibly done. Just hold yourself accountable. Like yeah. you don't got to beat yourself up. But you do have to say, hey, Eric, you gave 99%. Now, listen to me. Nobody knows you gave it. Nobody yeah. knows yeah. you gave 99%. That might be good enough for everybody not named Eric. Yeah, everybody else thought you gave. But between yeah. you and I, you know yeah. you had one more rep in you. You know you had one more rep, as Ed Milet would say in his book. You know yeah. you had one more. You know you had one yeah. more rep, E. Next time, don't let yourself off the hook. Go for it. I, I I love that, and Ed's coming on the podcast in a couple of weeks, so it, yeah. that's a fun that's a fun overlap. Oh, he's gonna kill it. He's gonna One, kill it. <laughs> yeah, he's he's fantastic. One of the things yeah. I loved about the book, and I keep using that as a sentence because I, I really enjoyed the book, was that you were really honest about the times where it didn't work, or you started to like have a regression into old thinking. So you tell a story where you've got an amazing business partner, CJ. How that came together is really cool with his his father and football and you doing that extra one more thing when something else yeah. got canceled. So that's a really fun story. But I I loved that there's a moment where you start to see parts of your team talking outside of you and that old part of you comes back. And you shared that. And what I loved about it was there's a lot of books that are motivational, that are inspiring, that are go get it. But the author only shares their victories because they're insecure to share what's really happening. What makes you want to say, hey, I, you know, there's still struggles I do. I still have obstacles. I still work on stuff versus just kind of sugarcoating. Hey, I'm E. I got it all figured out. Yeah, well. I can't get you my outcomes if I don't give you my formula. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like the triangle offense is not the triangle if it's a square. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. It's not the triangle. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Uh, it, you, 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 you're missing something, right? And so if I really love you and care for you and I really want you to be successful, then it's not about me. Mm. You know, it's not about me. And I got to share you know, everything with you. Now, some people ask me, well, Eric, you can't share everything. Well, I share everything about me. Now, if it's got something that, like if I'm in, somebody else is inside of it, you know what yeah. I'm saying? I got to ask their permission. But if it's something that I can say that just affects me in my brain, in my experience, then yo, I want to share it with you. Why? Because if I give you all the formula, A squared plus B squared equals C squared, please excuse my dear Aunt Sally. Well, you got a much better chance of being able to know the parentheses go first. You know what I'm saying? You got exponent. You know what I'm saying? Like you got yep. much better multiplication division. You know what I'm saying? You got man, you got much better chance if I say, please excuse my dear Aunt Sally. If I say, please excuse Auntie, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, like yeah. you yeah. don't know multiplication. You don't know, like you don't know. And so for me, it's like, yo, I, if I really want to help you, it's not about me. And it's not about my reputation. And it's not about how I look. And it's not about how you think about me. 
Like, I would love for you to think well about me, but somebody might read the book and go, man, that happened, that happened. I can't rock with this dude. I'm okay yeah. with that. Yeah, I'm okay with giving the people who are going to read this and giving them the formula they need to free themselves up and to really live life out on this short period of time that you have. I'm okay with exposing myself so that you can be successful. I, I love that that sa that sacrifice of going okay the bigger the bigger mission no matters question. so much more than, no much than more. that I I had an argument with CJ. You feel me? And you know what, John? Here's the crazy part. Like this is what really helped me. God said to me one day, "You're gonna die, yeah. and when you die, you can't come back and rewrite the book. Yeah, like you're not gonna be able to come back. And when yeah. you die, you're not gonna care what they think about you." So write the book like you're dead. Yeah. Like just write it, it like you did. Yeah. Like when you speak, speak like you did. Like don't speak yeah. like you're alive. You know what I'm saying? It's too much, <laughs> oh, it, it's too much ego in that. Like it's way yeah. too much ego in life. Like just pretend yeah. like you did. Ain't no ego in death. You know what I'm saying? There, there is no <laughs> pride in death. There is yeah. no, you know what I'm saying? There's no uh what's the word I'm looking for? Flexing in death. Yeah. There's no flexing yeah. in death. There's yeah. no you know, do you know who I am? Like, you know what I'm yeah. saying? Like, there is none of that in death. So you're going to be dead much longer than you're going to be alive. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it, it just is what it is. You're going to be dead yeah. more than you're alive. So do yeah. me a favor. Write the book like you're dead and give the people what they need 100 years from now, 200 years from now, 300 years from now. Somebody's going to read the book. Get, give them something they can feel. Versus trying to impress them versus trying to create some picture of who you are and how, how perfect you've got it. And I, for me, I'll tell you, there's been times when I'm on a plane sitting next to a stranger. They ask me what I do. I say I write books. And then I feel this urge to tell them, you know, a couple hit the New York Times bestsellers list. Why do I need to impress this stranger from Topeka, Kansas? I'll never see again. Never in my, but I want her to know I matter. Like, because when people hear you write books, they often think you wrote a book about a dragon. You self-published it in your basement, sold 11 copies. And like, that's how they look at you. And I'm like, I got to win over this stranger in the yeah. middle. Like, yeah. I, I can, yeah. I can catch myself there. You do a really good job talking about the temptation to transition back to the victim, like that you can yeah. catch that and you give people whiplash. Yeah. And sometimes yeah. out of fear, I get really controlling and detailed. So I'm not a detailed person, but then all of a sudden I'll ask a team member, like, why'd you use a colon, not a semicolon? And I'll go all the way to the D and they go, what happened? How do you catch yourself when you feel yourself kind of slipping back into some old thinking or things you don't want to do? What are, what are kind of your, I feel, the old man, like I feel that icky feeling. I feel that 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 thing that's not natural. It's like, yo, this ain't natural. Me yeah. trying to explain to somebody, I'm deep. <laughs> you know, what I'm saying it's not natural. You know, what I'm saying like yeah. this didn't come off naturally. You know, what I'm saying like, yeah. you know, some people see me like, yo, ET. I'm like, what up? What up? Oh, I mean, Doctor Thomas. I was like, no, actually, my mother loves for you to call me Eric. Like, she really worked hard. She really worked yeah. hard for a few months. You know, what I'm saying it got on level like she she's not interested in doctor like she didn't know who that is that's a title like she gave me a name so either you use the name or nickname but some people will not you know some people will not not only not call me et but try to disrespect me and i have like okay then you need to know since you're gonna take me there you need to know and it's like e that's not natural like you don't even feel comfortable saying what you just what you just said yeah. or feel you don't even feel like so just be natural and you're not naturally a show off you're not naturally in your ego like you're not naturally like that but what transpired is making you feel like 
oh, I need to let you know. So if you wouldn't normally let them know, then don't let anything come up to make you less than who you are and make them know. Just be your natural yeah. self. Why? Because you really do attract a lot of stuff when you're you that are yeah. that's positive and it's great. You don't always attract that same stuff when you're doing that ego flexing knee affirmation stuff. You feel yeah. me? Like, you know, you yep. know that that's not the soil or the ground that produces great fruit for you. So just yeah. stick with what you know produces great fruit. That's what being grounded. That's that's what being normal and natural. That, so just be you, because when you're you, it really works. Don't let don't, don't let don't let the the. Don't let that person take you out of being the person that you know you really are. And I have to work at that because for real, sometimes I, I do feel like, yo, man, my man, like disrespecting me or treating me a certain way because of the color of my skin. You know what I'm saying? Like, yo, if I wasn't, you know, an African-American male, you probably wouldn't even question if I should be in first row. I mean, in first class, you yeah. wouldn't ask me what yeah. oh, you can't put your bag up there. I'm like, what? I can't put my bag <laughs> yeah, up there. Like, yeah. what does that mean? You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. are you the police? Are you the first class yeah. police? Are you in like, charge of the exactly? luggage? All right, the right, luggage you know is saying? under your yeah. Right. I don't even know who you are, you know, but this this idea of okay, no, so now I not only sit in first class, now I gotta let you know who I am and why I'm in. And it's yeah. like, E, don't do that. Like, he got a problem. You yeah. don't have a problem. No. He's got a problem. He got either yeah. up bad upbringing or something psychologically that's happened to him that's yeah. making him look at people different because of the color of their skin. Like, yo, don't get in that game. Why? Because you can't win that game. Yeah, You can't win that yeah. game. You don't have a, 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 a racist or prejudice. You don't have that kind of spirit. Mm -hmm. Like you don't have that. You don't, you don't, you don't have that in your, in, in, in your ethos. So why are you conjuring it up? You're going to lose every day playing the hate game. You, yeah. you're, not, you're a lover. You're not a fighter. You, yeah, go, yeah. You, you, can't, you couldn't possibly win his game because you can't stoop as low as he can stoop. Yeah. So you can't win. Yeah. So just do, be you. Be, be yeah. the Christian that you are. Be the man of God that you are. Be the loving human that you are that puts you in a position where, so it's tough, John. Like one of the things, and I don't know if we were going to get here or not, but one of the things that's been tough for me professionally is that I don't have a, I don't have an avatar. You feel me? Like, like yeah. companies want to put me in a, all right, e, come on. Is it women? Okay. Is it men? Is it uh, yeah. a certain ethnic background? Is it financial? Yeah. Like, come on, e, it's gotta be. And I'm like, yo, I can't help you, but some kind of way my messages help everybody. Like everybody's drawn to my stuff. Now I don't mean everybody, like every individual, but people would be shocked that for a time, my greatest avatar was white males from 25 to 40 who were in the sales industry. Like people yep. would think, yo, it was a whole bunch of African-American males. ET. It wasn't, yeah. you know, and then yeah. there'll be a time where it's white females. And then there'll be a time that prisoners are, you know what I'm saying? So it was mm -hmm. like, um, people were like, well, who is your, and I'm like, yo, when you look at the numbers, we, they're all over the place. Yeah. So. Yeah. And why? Because people know I love them, care. They feel my heart. I'm being transparent. I'm talking yep. about stuff that everybody's going through, marriage, children, your own personal demons. Um, yep. One lady asked me in an interview, she said, yo, Eric, you were able to talk about your demons. How were you so, like, how did you do that? And I was like, because I finally woke up one day and stopped lying to myself and trying to pretend that people I didn't have them. 
Mm-hmm. And I actually got more control of them when I knew they were there and started using yeah. them to my advantage. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I stopped yeah. acting like I don't have trust issues. I just stopped <laughs> trying to act like, I, you yeah. know, the fact that my that mother you're not lied emotional. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? I'm emotional. Like I said, oh, you're so emotional. I'm not emotional. You are emotional. But but you yeah. can use it in a positive way, not a negative way. So yeah. so so for me, you know, it is A.E. You gotta, you gotta be you, bruh. Because when you're you, magic happens. And when you're not you, it's super destructive. Well, and that guy on the plane is inviting you out of you. Like, why yeah. would you ever accept that invitation? Yeah. Like, yeah. that's an expensive yeah. invitation yeah. that expensive he just said, invitation. hey, I'd like yeah. you to invite you not to be Eric right now. If yeah. you heard it that way, you'd go, yeah. why, would, why would I ever take that? Inv- what do I yeah. receive? Why you I receive extra that? hate. Yeah. Wait, yeah. So I that's give it. up me and I receive yeah. it. That's a terrible trade. Like, terrible but I trade think off. all too yeah. often the internet, social media offers us that yeah. we get stuck in it yeah. and we, you know, we get yeah. emotion. I always tell people like, if you don't have somewhere your passion is going, it doesn't disappear. It just gets funneled into anger. Yeah. Like if you don't yeah. have other out, like you're meant to be passionately engaged in a purpose. Yeah. And, and for, for a lot of people, their only expression of that is, is hurt. Yeah. And there's not a, yeah, you it. know, and it's, yeah. it's, it's super. Yeah, and I don't want to go to that party anymore. I went and it was always destructive. I it's never, not a great party. Yeah. I just never, I never succeeded not being myself. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. Well, and the stuff you win is stuff you wouldn't want anyway. Yeah, because if you you, yeah. you don't win stuff that's for yeah. you. So I, I yeah. can I completely get that. So yeah. only a couple more questions. Yeah. One of the things that I you talk about, and this is just a, a fun question I was curious about, is hip hop. Hip hop. Yeah. You're you know you yeah. love love hip hop. Yeah. If you could only listen to three hip hop albums for the rest of your life, like yeah. your three cla- like you have to pick three and ma- you want to go old school. You're going like, yeah. okay, it's public enemy. Like if you want to yeah. do something more modern, like what are the yeah. three albums, like ET's three albums he loves. So Lauren Hill, Lauren Hill. All right. I, miseducated. Miseducation? I, yeah, yeah, miseducation. I gotta, yeah. I gotta go yeah. Lauren Hill. Okay. Tupac's first album. You know, dear mama, you are appreciated. Dear mama was on that. Yeah, look, yeah. yeah keep your head up. You yeah. know, um, things are gonna get better. And um, man, I gotta go run DMC. You know, yeah. it's just because that's when I first fell in love. You know, with hip hop yeah. was Run DMC. You know, of course there was LL, who I love. You know, Houdini, Fat Boys. You know, mm-hmm. all all of those. You know, were uh, Roxanne, the real Roxanne. You know, all of those were. You know, uh, Roxanne Shante, all of those were important, but I always felt like Run DMC put us on the universal map. You know, yeah. like I felt like hip hop was always, you know, a part of our community, but Run DMC, you know, walk this way, talk this yeah. way. Like they yeah. got with Mick Jack, you know what I'm saying? Like yeah, <laughs> they yeah, took yeah. it to like the world now knows about yeah. hip hop. Like to me, they open up, you know, that genre to the world. So I will always respect um, the work of uh of run dmc but lauren hill it's like that whole entire album you know was just you know spiritual you know it was just so spiritual it felt honest like that was her yeah yeah it just and then tupac's first one to me you know didn't have as much um you know whatever the 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 later ones have you know there was an energy that that i felt like as a relationship person i felt pot being more of a, um, you know, almost like a preacher, you know, almost like a, a, a coach, you know, and just telling us like, yo, these are the things that are important to us. Mamas are important. 
you know, when you have a struggle, keep your head up. That's important. Is there a heaven for a gangster? Meaning, you know, is, 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 can anything good come out of our experience? You know, and I just felt like, you know, Pac was energizing, you know, the community at that time. And so to me, he was the purest Pac for me. Yeah. Like somebody else yeah. might be like, whatever. But for me, he was the purest Pac before yeah. it became commercial. And, you know, he blew up and all that. You know, to me, he was the uh, purest Pac, closest to his mom, you know, who was a part of the Black Panther Party movement. And I just felt that, 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 that spiritual ethos, that care, that love that getting us to reflect and think, yeah, dear mama to this day is like, ah, you know, just yeah, that's they, a poem. every year they that's play like, poem. yeah, yeah. I, you know, my mom, I like, yeah. yo, it's the, it's the, yeah. it's, I have a connection with my mom. Yeah. That's, that's out of this world that, you know, my mom was 17 when she got pregnant with me. It was just me and her for a while. You know, she's doing her thing. We were always close when I was coming up as a kid, even before the little stuff that happened. Like we had our own little, we go to Chicago every weekend for about seven years. We had a little McDonald thing we do. We used to go get ice cream. So when he talks about mamas, it's like, yo, Pac, I feel you. And you articulated in a way that was in my soul, but never really, you know, I that I couldn't articulate it. But, but that's how I feel about my mama. Exactly yeah. what you said. Yeah. And then my mom had her own personal struggles coming up. So I just was like, yo, Pac. So those are the three. That's good. I love it. That's good. Yeah. And he gave you words for your feelings. Like you had the yeah. feelings already, but he gave you yeah. words for them. He gave and me I, words I, for it. Yeah. Yeah. Made it I, meaningful. I, yeah. I think that I think he's that's a wordsmith fantastic. like you are, John. He was a wordsmith like you I are. love it, dude. I love the I love the word. It's yeah, yeah. I, I could geek out on words all day. So yeah. Yeah. speaking of last two questions. What's on your Mount Rushmore of, of books people should read? So if you think about, okay, like mm. if, if somebody came to me and said, okay, E, I know you're a reader. I know you, I know you love books. I know you saw them as a stepping stone to deeper levels. What's on your Mount Rushmore? So, so I got to go here and I know people are like, are you corny? The Bible, and only yeah. because, John, there's where I found my playbook. Yeah. There's where I found the dude on the plane that is a racist and trying to disrespect me. And I can't sit in this section. Turn the other cheek. So I'm not even talking about the Bible from some spiritual hookup. Yeah. I'm talking about. That's a practical this is where statement. I got, yeah, this is where I got my anchor. It's like, yeah. yo, turn the other cheek. You know, love. You know what I'm saying? Love mm -hmm. those that, you, you know what I'm saying? Like, um, do good to those. Look out for the widows. Look out for the fatherless. Like, this yeah. is, this is. The foundation for me. This is where I yeah. picked up these principles. Um, number two, and you can go either way, Think and Grow Rich, Napoleon Hill, Think and Grow Rich, Dennis Kimbrough. Um, the, the book itself is fire. Of course, Napoleon Hill was the first one to write it. Uh, but Dennis Kimbrough did something unique in that he took the same blueprint, but identified people of color that you could go like, oh, I know him. I know her. Fire. Yeah. Um, yeah. Dennis Kimbrough's book, I don't care who you are. Daily motivation for African-American success. Don't get caught up on the last part. Be like, well, I'm not African-American. It's a phenomenal read. It's every single day, 365 days. And, uh, and, and, and it won't take you less than three minutes to read. Um, I got to, man, I, again, y'all might be like corny. Somebody said the other day, Eric, you read that? Chicken soup for the soul. All of them. Sure, <laughs> you sure. know what I'm saying? Like I love every it, last dude. one of them. Every last one of them. Um, yeah. If you need some motivation, some inspiration, I would love to write like that one day. Like I would yeah. love to be able to do a book like that one day. Cause I just think it's just, you know, whatever. Um, um, you've got, um, man, so many classics, but I, let me give y'all two more. Um, the richest man in Babylon, yep. you know, um, and 
the greatest salesman that ever lived. You know, the scrolls, man. Oh, yeah. Mark Ogmandino. One, scrolls, Ogmandino. Mark two. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. The scroll, yeah. Mark one, the scroll. You know, the, I, yeah. I will greet this day with love in my heart. You know, yeah. um, 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 what's the other one? Um, you know, the, the law of persistence, you know? Yep. Um, so yeah, those are some of the, some of the, the classics. Malcolm X autobiography was one that I love. Um, the writings of Mar uh, Martin Luther King, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, so those are, th those are some of the, you know, some of the, some of the classics, but I, I would say this to you guys, um, do yourself a favor. You don't always have to read the entire book. And I think some of you get discouraged with reading because you see 375 pages. Yeah. But I can read Malcolm Gladwell's books, the first chapter, and I'm done. Like, I'm, I don't need to keep going. Like, yeah. he lays it out. He gives yeah. you what you need. And boom, you're out. But I would yeah. say to all of you who are looking to take your game to the next level, you know, reading to some extent. If it's reading people, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, whatever it is. Yeah. But yeah. You, you have to get out of your – like, if you're the only person in your head – you, it's a sick world. You know, yeah. you have to get other people who've been successful, who've done great things. You got to get those people and their stories in your head. But if you're the only one talking to you, that's not healthy. When I, and I'll add to that, um, ET has a ton of content on Spotify, on YouTube, yeah. on videos. So I always tell people, if you can, if you can binge Netflix, you can binge hope too. Like yeah. you already have that muscle. You already got that yeah. muscle. You just got to change the content. Got that binging muscle. Yeah. You got that binging muscle. Go just binge something that's going to grow yeah. you. Like, cause yeah. you never feel better after six hours on Netflix. No one yeah. walks away refreshed. No one yeah. walks away hopeful. But if you, yeah. you plug into some of ET's content, I think you'll be really encouraged. Last question, ET, where can people find out more about you? ETinspires.com. ETinspires.com. Book yeah. is U O U. Um, yeah. ET, I we got to do this again. Super fun. Uh, for, I mean, for um, real, bro. I bump, bump what they got out of it. You know, I iron sharpens iron, or uh, titanium sharpens titanium. Yeah. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Um, yeah, I was enriched by our discussion. I just feel like I would be a better human knowing you. You know, like having a relationship. I just feel like. There are connections that other people's lives will be better because of us connecting together. I kind of just feel like there's this synergy um, that's happening here. And so I, when I'm in when I'm in town, I, I, I promise you uh, a walk in the park. I can't go to dinner or breakfast or lunch no more. My metabolism, it it, it doesn't work that way anymore. Yeah. But I could definitely put on some shoes and go to your nearest elementary or middle school and walk around the track with you. And uh, and chop it up, man. But thank you so much uh, for working with me and um, for letting me in your world, putting me before your audience. And I hope that you don't regret, um, you know, this hour or so that we spent together, you know, for not a second, uh, dude, audience. not yeah. not a second. And I, I told somebody yesterday, just watching how you do what you do on Instagram, reading your book about you and CJ being willing to invest in Instagram and YouTube. I went in yesterday and realized I was posting one time a day and I looked at you and other people that inspired me. And I was realizing I was doing the minimum, hoping I had maximum results. And that was convicting, dude, because I was doing the bare minimum, but I want maximum. If I want to reach more people, I got to step up my game. So I've been served by this hour tremendously. So thank you so much for doing it. We'll point you guys all to the right places for all the books all the links um et will definitely do this again man yeah let's go man i appreciate you and um i'll see you in nashville soon 
Thank you so much for listening to my interview with Eric Thomas today. We'll put all the links in the show notes as always, including a link to the video I mentioned that we talked about a little about his uh, How Bad Do You Want It video on YouTube. It's phenomenal. And thank you for reviewing my podcast. I actually, this is funny, I actually read a two-star review the other day because as a creator of content, um, it's impossible not to look at low reviews sometimes. And you know what? Like, I felt like she raised some great points. I honestly was like, huh, like I could see what she's saying. Like, that's actually helpful. I wasn't reading that as like some hater. I really felt like, oh, this person is daring me to elevate my podcast game. I I love that challenge accepted. So thank you for writing reviews. If you haven't written one yet, please, please do. And please make sure you subscribe or follow or whatever it is the kids are saying these days. I'll see you next week. And remember, all it takes is a goal. And don't forget, you can pre-order a copy of your new playlist anywhere books are sold, or you could read the first two chapters for free at acuff.me slash playlist. That's A-C-U-F-F dot M-E slash playlist. Thanks for listening. To learn more about the All It Takes is a Goal podcast and to get access to today's show notes and exclusive content from John Acuff, visit acuff.me slash podcast. Thanks again for joining us. Be sure to tune in next week for another episode of the All It Takes is a Goal podcast.